Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. This is episode 30. I hope you're all very, very well. Now this episode features a conversation with Gary Stringer from UK rock band Reef. I reckon I've been listening to Reef for, I'd say, coming up to two decades. But the first time I saw them live was only probably two years ago um, at the Brudenell Social Club, which is where I met Gary for this conversation. Now, you might know Reef um, because they've released multiple albums. You might know them just from their absolutely massive hit, Place Your Hands. Either way, uh, they've been filling our ears with funky riffs and soulful melodies for many, many years. I managed to get some time with Gary after their set, which was part of the fourth annual series of Get Loud gigs that happened simultaneously across the UK in aid of music therapy charity Nordorf Robbins. And now I've spoken about them before, way back in episode one, with Layla Kay of Sonic Boom 6, who works for them. Gary gives more information about them um, and the absolutely amazing work that they do. He uh, he mentions a session that he and Benji Webb of Skindred were part of, uh, and I've included the video for this uh, for that within the episode description for for this. If you want to get an idea of of how their sessions work, or, um, or you're just curious, it is is very very inspirational. Um, well, that's enough for me. I will let you get on with this episode. This uh, this conversation was an absolute joy to have. It is a bit noisy because we're in uh, in amongst all of the striking of the stage whilst the uh, everybody's clearing up. Um, but I hope you enjoy episode thirty with Gary Stringer of Reef. So uh, I'm here with Gary from Reef. How are you? I'm doing really good. Excellent. Yeah, I feel good. Good, good. You've just played an absolutely blinding set. We're at the Brudenell Social Club. Um, it's lovely to see you guys back here again. The last time I saw you, in fact, was here. Different room, but same venue. Um, How does it feel to be back? It's wonderful. I mean, the old room is great. The new room's great. I just love the uh, setup here. Yeah, it's, it's a really easy room to play. Nice. Um, the crowd's always really cool. And uh, yeah, I'll come back in a heartbeat. Awesome, awesome. That's lovely to hear. Mm. Awesome. So I kind of want to get to grips of um, and a bit of an understanding as to how you got into music. So I'd like to start literally as far back as you can possibly remember. Can you have you got a, a memory of the first song that you heard that had a connection? Yeah, Rock and Roll Singer by ACDC. <laughs> Good choice. I think I'd bought like um, a Madness record. I think I'd bought an Adam and the Ants record. But I got a uh, high voltage. Yeah, yeah. On a tape cassette, and uh, it connected with me. And I never looked back, and I kind of used Rock and Roll Singer as a template for my life from that point <laughs> onwards. That's I mean, I, I, I saw her out of school, but I, I told my mum and dad I wanted to be a singer when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, How did they react? They were pretty cool, actually. I mean, um, they were both the first person in their respective families to go to university so education okay. for them was a big deal yeah, yeah it wasn't you know they'd earned it and they respected what it had done for them and um they encouraged us to do well at school and try my best yeah, yeah. Um, but i fell in love with with rock and roll music and i remember trying to do my geography homework and coming downstairs and just saying, I, I can't do this. I can't. Do, I can't concentrate. And I kept looking out the window up the lane. I said, I can't concentrate. I, I want to be a singer. Yeah. And they were cool. They said, That's fine. Um, 
you know, but you've got to pay rent from tomorrow. So, <laughs> so that's, that's what I did. Trade. I, think so. I think so. I think so. Yeah, started hanging out with my mates at about 14. Uh, and I remember, like, you know, you've got a gang of friends at school mm-hmm. who you knock around with, your mates. And we were always into, like, metal, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Black Sat, all of that. But one day I turned up and there's a drum kit and an amp. And I know that yeah. sounds bizarre to your listeners, but the drummer, his dad, owned a music shop. Right, so yeah, it, yeah. it's feasible. You know, yeah, absolutely. You come in one, and there was a drum kit and an amp. Yeah. And I just wanted to hang out with my mates, so I started singing over the top. And that's how it really started. Nice. And a couple of years later, yeah, I, 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 I quit education and, and uh, yeah, went to be a singer. Amazing, amazing. So what were those? What were those sort of early days of getting to grips with being being a singer? Because that's, that's quite a bold a bold move, I guess. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't want to say about that. Um, at the time when you were young, you don't. Uh, maybe you think you're invincible, or you don't know fear, do you? When you're young, yeah. so you don't necessarily think, "Oh shit, I should have done this. I wish I'd done <laughs> that. Wish I'd done a different." Ter-. You know, you're just following your life, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think as you get older you uh, start to gauge action and reaction more but at the time when you're young and that's what makes you know being young and playing rock and roll so exciting is because it's knee jerk it's, yeah. it's right there and then it's it's in the moment so uh, I've forgotten what your question was so no, probably just, just ran uh, no no yeah. no yeah you're going along the right lines it's just the early days like how it feels uh, yeah. to like you well, know, we, we start done a, a band with, and... with my mates when I was sort of 14 we'd done a gig in um St Dunstan's School, Glastonbury, where I grew up, yeah. and uh, then we went on to do a show at the Assembly Rooms, Glastonbury, um, and then you know a couple of other bands came, and then we ended up doing a gig in Bristol, which was a really big deal yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah, That's the, the big city. The big city. Yeah. I remember playing at the Bristol Bridge, and um, yeah, no, it just sort of blossomed from there. And long story short, we went down to Cornwall for a while, and. Um, uh, took took the boys down there. Uh, Jack was in that version of the yeah. band. Um, uh, a guy called Brett Finley who played drums, and Julian Dean played guitar. And we all went down to Cornwall for about six months until we got like dysentery, and we all <laughs> lived in the same room, you know. And you know, we were young, we were seventeen, yeah, yeah. something like that. And cleaning is not high on the agenda. No, no. And, and then we came home with our tail between our legs, and I went off travelling. I went to Morocco. Oh wow and came back but I came back with uh, Good Feeling our first single yeah, yeah. written so I had that and then I met up with Jack who had enrolled in um, a music college in London Right. so I followed him up but before we went up to London we wrote the song Mellow which is also on the first record yeah. um, so song. we were already armed with a couple of songs and then we found Dom the drummer mm. um, who was at the same college as Jack music college and then uh, Kenwin, uh, who actually we'd known him from Glastonbury. He was always the shit hot guitar player knocking about, who, who never attended education. Yeah. You know, he was just badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, pure rock and roll. We, we joined forces, and I shit you not, we lived in the same house. And from when we got that house, we were signed within six months. Wow. So I probably went to London yeah, maybe yeah. when I was eighteen. I was signed by the time I was nineteen, definitely. Wow. You know. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's, no, no, it don't happen like that. Does no, it? It no, abs- like that. absolutely. Well, certainly not from my experience. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, in, in terms of like, like how the band's 
I guess kind of took off that that sounds pretty quick for, from my point I, mean, I bet it didn't feel like it initially we done three or four shows at pubs in yeah. London we were in Osterley um, Isleworth sort of Middlesex on the out yeah it's London now yeah, really, yeah. But sort of on the outskirts and we did shows at Fulham and Putney and yeah. just pub gigs and um, not many though we did a handful and um Lincoln Elias uh, heard a demo tape we'd done. Lincoln Elias was at the A and R S two record Sony. Okay, yeah. With Muff Winwood, and then he actually visited us at our house on the back of hearing <laughs> this demo tape and loved what he heard. Nice. And then we went and did a show. They arranged the show for us to go and play at the um, mar- the Marquee in Centre Town. Yeah. And then. Um, Muff came down to that Muff Winwood, and then they told us to come to the office the next day, and we signed a deal. Wow! It was fucking nuts. That's, that is like literally the stuff of dreams. Fucking that, nuts! That, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Because yeah. I mean, I I, I came to Reef um, certainly later than a lot of my friends. Um, I, it was I, I even think it might have been seeing you on TFI Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm just going, just, and I don't think I even heard heard you. I think I just saw you, and I was just like. Fucking hell! I'm right. I'm gonna have to check these guys out. What what's this about? Because this looks amazing. What's, what's this? Yeah. What's this fucking racket? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looked yeah. it, it looked amazing. I was just like, yes, they look like they are having so much fun, and that was what was important to me. I was, you know, I was probably like 13, 14, um, and then I so I heard I heard place your hands, and then my friend was just like, no, no, no. Come, come and have a listen to this, um, and he played me naked. Mm-hmm. I was just like, from that riff. Mm. I, there's, I, I've been hooked. Mm. That's still, still a, an amazing riff. It's a great riff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, well, that song so we wrote, we wrote that song. I mean, Kenwin uh, came up with the guitar riff, but we wrote that song within 15 minutes. We used to rehearse wow. in the house in Isleworth. We would rehearse in my bedroom. The trade-off was, I got the biggest room, <laughs> so I moved my double bed yeah. up against the wall. And we played in my bedroom. Excellent. And that's yeah. where most. Of, and we had a couple of songs already written but most of the songs for that record were written in that room and um, yeah Naked came together in yeah 15 minutes wow that's that's amazing mm. like yeah I, I, like to this day I mean I've listened to it a, f- a few times in the last week and I still it's still brilliant mm. absolutely brilliant so I guess you guys have got in, in Place Your Hands you've got one of those songs that anybody Anybody who was probably, I reckon, who was born within the last sort of 25 years has probably heard it. That must be quite a bizarre feeling. I mean, it's wonderful. I'm really proud of that song. Um, we'd uh, recorded our first record um, in, in Bath mainly. We'd mm. done something at Oxford as well, I think. Uh, and then we'd gone to Abbey Road. Uh, with a new producer, Clive Martin did our first record, and George Draculius, we'd gone to America and done a tour, and we'd met George, he came over to Abbey Road and started recording with us. But it wasn't until he took us back to LA, we'd done maybe four songs, um, we put down like, don't you like it, you're old, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then we, he said, look guys, I love this Abbey Road, but I feel like a duck out of war. He took us to LA where he had everything around him. He knew everyone. <laughs> yeah, he could yeah. get uh, 
drum tuner at 4am you can find a Rick 1968 Rickenbacker at any time you know he just knew what yeah, he was yeah. up to there you want percussion you bring it in he, so I flew out there with him and sung I went into Same City actually and sung nice. wow. uh, those four songs whatever they were and then the band come out and one of the first songs we worked on was Place Your Hands and we knew that it was it was it was it felt good because yeah. the record company got excited about it really quick and we'd done it at Royal Tone and Muff and George helped with the arrangement of it um, and yeah it was just it was just insane and, and in fact that record still sells a thousand copies a week yeah, yeah. you know it's nuts um, so yeah. say that that must yeah that must be, be great to, to have that and then say, you know, you've got that kind of security, I guess, in, in a way yeah. of, right, let's, let's go and do whatever we want now for, yeah. a, for a bit. Um, so I guess the, the kind of the question that I have and a, a few friends was, when Reef went away, kind of what, what happened there? Well, we made two more, uh, three more records. Yeah. We did, um, and, and they we seemed, did rides. They seemed to be just, I, I don't know, I thought they were just it's kind of extensions of where I was wanting the band to go mm. I personally loved them thought they were brilliant and it was a shock yeah well it's um, it, we kind of stopped working after 10 years we did uh, we made Rides out in LA again we did Getaway um, Rides with the Georgia again and we went to Getaway in Belgium with um, Al Clay wonderful wonderful guy clever guy and um, we went back with George and started recording our fifth record which is actually called Together which became a greatest hits because we recorded seven songs stopped at Christmas and our drummer left Dom left so we come back in and we had like a Japanese tour booked we got another drummer in we did a live DVD with um, another drummer and uh, or a single we definitely did a single with him anyway we went out and when we came back from Japan we just we, we fulfilled all of our dates and then we just said I think it's time to stop but We'd been on the road for 10 years mm. and fucking loved it. Yeah. But it was time just to go, Whoa, you know, it's just yeah. time for something different. And we just stopped working and never really split up, just stopped yeah. stopped doing it. And um, I moved out of London, moved back to Somerset, and it wasn't until 20, 20, uh, 2009, maybe we got a phone call from Live Nation saying, we want you to, you know, come back and play again. And, and we, they booked us six shows and... They all sold out, which was amazing, and we could still play, and yeah. it was cool, and we haven't stopped since then, but yeah. it's only last two years we started recording. We did our song for a film, 2014, Yeah, yeah. for uh, Bark- Barking at Trees, for the film Winter, and then we done, um, we wanted to make a new record, and Kenwin wasn't keen, so that's when Kenwin left. Right. Um, yeah, he wanted to go and do his own thing, which was cool. Fair enough. And then we got Jesse, and then we just started making this this new record, and it was it's just been an incredible journey. You know, Revelations is one of my favourite Reef records. I, I yeah, fucking yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to work with George again, and for the record to chart. Um, in fact, funnily enough, this is our last show on this cycle. We so Friday we literally start work on a new record. So amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's great to hear. That was yeah. gonna, that was going to be a later on question. So you beat me to that. Yes. Yeah, so in in terms of how like the industry's changed, I, I guess you know things are far more. Everybody streams everything. People have 
uh, I don't know, less of an aptitude to, to buy physical copies of stuff. Um, and I, I guess the way in which musicians make their living has, has changed since since you started. So how, how does that kind of feel to, to kind of be adapting with that? Well, it's not something I think about a lot. Um, your income from selling records is minimised. Yeah. But what that it kind of it's good and bad. It's not cool that people think that they can get music for free. But it did take a lot of deadwood out of the industry. Yeah. I mean, I went out to LA. We stayed there for three months, which I fucking loved. Yeah, I bet. You know, <laughs> that sounds amazing. In Ocean Wave Studios, you know, it must be three or four thousand dollars a day. Reams of tape, you know, the record company <laughs> would fly in first class and stay at the Chateau Marmont, and yeah. the bills were extravagant, you know, and it's wonderful. And I was so glad I was a part of that time, yeah. You know, place your hands cost a quarter of a million pounds. The, the, the video, wow, one quarter of yeah, a million yeah. pounds to make one music video that's crazy. It's not, and you wouldn't do that now, you might spend yeah. five or six grand, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, ten if you were lucky and big or whatever, you know, but. So that, it took that out, and I'm glad I did it. Um, but it's just the way it is. You know, if you think about it, people go and, well, go and buy a cup of coffee and buy it for a couple of friends and they'll spend a tenner. And they don't necessarily want to spend a tenner on an album. Yeah. Now, that might be fucked up, yeah. but it's the way it is. is yeah. And there's no point in being the old guy moaning about it, you know? You just crack on, you know? You do your gigs, you make your music. To be honest... Well, you think about it, it's what people say, it's about being creative, yeah. and I want to be creative, it's one of the things I was happy to come back in 2010 and do festivals and tours for a few years, after a while you start scratching, you want to create make new. something yeah, yeah. new and express yourself, and I can still do that, I mean, you know, musicians are motherfuckers anyway, they're, they're addicted, yeah. and everyone knows that it, and that's probably, true. that's probably why it is how it is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that probably explains a lot of the other issues that musicians have. You nailed it there. Um, so, yeah, uh, so you're here at the Brood now, um, performing for Get Loud, um, part of Nordoff Robbins Raising Awareness. It's, it's an amazing charity. Um, how did you kind of get involved with that? Um, I had um, a phone call from my manager saying that um, there was a chance of doing a show mm-hmm. somewhere in the UK for Nordorf Robbins and I said cool I don't mind a bit of, uh, bit of that kind of thing but what is Nordorf Robbins <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't really know fair question and he said um, oh it's music therapy and I'm what is that what does that actually mean you know yeah. is this a wishy-washy charity that ju- you know and um, he said well what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up for a session mm-hmm. so the music therapy that they give is uh quite often one-on-one with people who are uh, disabled in some way um, and it is remarkable and I found it, excuse the pun, a revelation, I found it fucking epiphany, I found it beautiful, I found it emotional, I found it creative. Me and Benji, Benji yeah, from yeah. Skindred, we went down to Swansea, we met a lady called Mary yeah. who was a singer in a choir, a musician. And then this motor neuron disease has got hold of her, and it's crushing her slowly. She now communicates verbally. She can make sounds, and sometimes you can understand what she's saying, but most of the while we were there, she was communicating through like a Stephen Hawkins device, you know, yeah, like yeah. on your computer that speaks, yeah. you tap it in. 
And then she started playing the xylophone and we started singing. And that in itself was lush in the first two minutes, like shivers up your spine. And then she showed us these words that she had written that were so hard hitting, man, yeah. to come from her heart. Um, I want to do her a disservice and get the first line wrong, but it was something like, my legs are lead and water. And the days are getting longer, maybe something like that. Yeah. But it was, my legs are lead yeah. and water. I just thought, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful that's image. Strong. And so we worked on this song with her, and she had the words, you know, changed a couple of bits, yeah, but yeah. mainly her song. And it was fucking inspirational. And yeah. I tell you what, Nordorf Robbins is a wonderful charity that do great work when we left she tapped out she said it keep this keeps the joy in my life or something like that and yeah. she'd had a good time I could tell and yeah. I'd had a good time and Benji had had a good time yeah. and Joe the musical therapist had a, it was just wonderful so all power Nordorf Robbins and um, if you want to you know donate just donate yeah. from kids through to adults it's a wonderful way music is such a wonderful way of communicating we're born with it. We, your birthdays are celebrated with it, you know. Yeah, Anniversaries, absolutely. you know, uh, weddings, even funerals, you know, emotional yeah. time, parties at the weekend. It's music. It's music. Yeah, it's yeah. music, man. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. That's amazing. That, that's brilliant to hear. It's it's such a great event. It's happening all across the country today. You know, there's a, there's so many great artists yeah. involved. Yeah. Well, Benji's up yeah. in Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah. Skin dread. Uh, Frank Turner, previous guest. Ah, uh, yeah, Frank he's, Turner. He's got, yeah. gone and got himself involved. And then last year they had like Enter Shikari, people like that. Ten CC are involved this I've year. I heard what? that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah that, what, you're in good company. Uh, and yeah. I think it's amazing the work they do so yeah I'll put links within the description of this episode people want to go check it out find out what it's about your videos online you that's can right. see you and Benji yeah that's right it's this, on my so, Twitter feed for sure yeah, yeah absolutely so I strongly recommend people get involved in that um, and yeah brilliant to see you amazing that you're here supporting such a great charity um, I'm massively excited to hear the new album yeah so well, amazing that's yeah, don't happen. hold your breath give us, give us six months <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing yeah now I'm we'll excited about it yeah great to hear thanks that you're for making talking to me yeah. you're welcome thank you for cheers Leeds <laughs> there it is that's episode 30 with the delightful Gary Stringer Thank you very much for joining me and I hope you enjoyed that. Please, please do go and check out Nordorf Robbins and find out more about the, the genuinely uh, fantastic work that they do. Um, as I said at the start, I have included the video that um, that shows the session that Gary and Benji Webb of, of Skindred took part in. And I've also included a link to, to the Nordorf Robbins site as well for, for anybody that's interested in supporting what, what they do there. Um, for anybody who hasn't listened to the, epi- the podcast before, please go back and check out some other episodes that you might enjoy. Um, as I said, Leila Kay from Sonic Boom 6 works for Nordorf Robbins so if that takes your interest go right the way back to episode 1 and if you have listened before thank you very much for coming back and please do share with with anybody else that you think might be interested in this thank you very much again for joining me I'll leave you back to uh, whatever it is you were doing beforehand and uh, good night